What's going on, everybody? It's Sean from the From the Stands podcast. Listen, we have a big episode coming your way. We have two people coming onto the podcast who are going to give you every piece of information you need to know about this fantasy football season, as well as give out our Week 10 picks. Really excited to get there. But before we do, a few housekeeping things to get to. Let's start with the fact that we announced that we were doing a giveaway last week. That has been delayed. It's happening this week. Wednesday. Make sure that you're looking out for it this Wednesday. It is dropping your chance to win a signed Mitch Marner picture, 16 by 20. Look out for the details there. And that is all possible because of our sponsor, Stephen Leambus Real Estate. Stephen is a top producing realtor in the greater Toronto area, known for his extensive market knowledge and unmatched devotion to his clients. Whether you are looking to buy, sell, or lease, he is there to help guide you through every step of the way. Be sure to check him out on Instagram at homesbystephen or online at homesbystephen.ca. Listeners, full transparency here. We had some audio issues. Hand up accountability on me. We did our best to fix it, but this podcast was too good not to bring to you. So ignore the intro. I know it's loud. I'm always yelling. It's who I am, but we needed to bring you this podcast. Enough of the plugs. Let's get to it. Another big podcast, and of course, two more big guests here to break down what's going on in fantasy football and another big week ahead of us in week 10. Ian, who's joining us today? Welcome, RJ and TJ, the hosts of the Blue Bag Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to check them out wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, boys? Thanks for coming on. What's up, man? Family, family. Family from Canada, man. Uh, yes, sir. Good. Follow us uh, at Blue Bag Podcast. That's B L E U Bag Podcast. Um, so it's not your typical blue spell. Um, we're on Instagram, Twitter. We've got what twenty two episodes now. We're still and on Pandora. We're we're, we're we're stuck on Spotify and iTunes, and and we're we're just fine with that. Google's given us a, a whole bunch of shit, but you know what? We're not going to talk crap about them because we want to get back on. But TJ, let's throw to you here first, man. Like, you know we. We all have a story, and we love a good story on the From the Stands podcast. So let's throw to you first. How did this become a thing? Was it you and RJ sitting around just saying, "Shit, we have good opinions. Let's let's chat about it"? Or did you guys like? How did Blue Bag Fantasy Football Podcast come to be? Well, we were just kind of sitting down talking fantasy. I mean, all we do all day is fucking just talk about football and group threads. Uh, we're together. We're talking about football. We played tons of fantasy football, dynasty redraft. Anything you can really name. We even play best ball just for, you know, just to scratch the itch a little bit during the offseason when it's early. So we were like, fuck it. Why not just do a podcast? Let's talk about it. I mean, we win enough leagues. You know, we do well enough that we should give some good advice. So that's how it started, really. How'd we get here? How's everything going? Yeah, obviously, RJ's your buddy. How's everything going working with him? Because he's he just left hey, the yeah. podcast. So if you want to talk shit, now's the time. <laughs> He did. He left. The he just. He, like, he ain't yeah, here anymore. He so it sucks, man. <laughs> He's a terrible guy. I hate him. I hate being around him. Nah, but that's my brother, man. We've been cool for since '07, so that's like 13 years. When we both went to Vanderbilt, so we've been cool mm. for a really long time. So it's kind of natural, just like two buddies talking football. 
I mean, that's the dream, man. That's the dream. And you know what? The pandemic sort of, I think it pushed everyone towards like, let's just go for it. What, what's the, you know, what do we have to lose? RJ, same deal? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, essentially, we, we talked about this last year a little bit. We just didn't, never bought the mics. We honestly thought the mics were going to be like $200, $300. And then one day we, I actually saw when you guys started Jaws, I was like, man, I wonder what mics they have. And then we looked and we're like, wait, these mics are like 50 bucks. So we got them and we just took off. Because the thing is, we spend probably about 95% of our time talking fancy football anyways. Um, like, you know, all your group chats you're in, you're talking sports all week long. So it's like, why not record it? If people listen to it, they listen to it. If not, you know, they don't. Well, let, listen, let, let's, let's transition here, Ian, because before we get there, the biggest news of the day is that RJ got a PS5. So let's you just did. drop that. He got, oh, it, I got a PS5 as well. You are you kidding? Slot oh, in. back to the states, man. This is bullshit. Yeah, oh, bullshit. we're sitting in line. Wait, prime pre Canada. Fuck. I uh, actually heard that Canada. I saw on Twitter that Canada's Walmart orders were delayed. I don't know where like people were pre-ordering from. But they were saying they were having problems delivering to Canada. I just saw of that course. when I was searching. If you want one right now, you have to go on StockX and pay like a thousand bucks plus duties for it because then you're going to get absolutely rinsed on it. But um, Ian, I got a guy, but it's going to be like about a thousand. Right, I'm out. A thousand American. That's that's like fifty five hundred dollars here. So, Ian, we brought the boys on to talk about sports. Let's jump into some we sports. Did. We did. But we actually talked. We brought them on to talk pigskin. But before we do that. There was some pretty big news in the NBA that dropped yesterday, and it's about the Houston Rockets. Now, they've had a bit of a tumultuous offseason, to say the least. Coach is gone. GM is gone. And now one of the two-star players actually wants out. That's Russell Westbrook. Uh, Shams actually reported that he wants out of Houston. I think, you know, Windhorse had some reports about how or no, sorry, Tim McMahon, about how he may not necessarily want out, but he wants better accountability. So I have to ask you guys, all right, what is your favorite Russell Westbrook destination? RJ, you go first. Man, favorite Russell Westbrook destination. So I'm going to start this off by saying you're looking at two of Russell's initial fans. So you know back when Russell and Derrick Rose came into the league at the same time? Oh, there man. used to be a constant argument. There used to be a constant argument of who was going to have the better career. Two of us were probably on this totem pole by ourselves saying that Russell Westbrook would have the better career. And this was even when Derrick Rose had his MVP season that LeBron mm-hmm. James should have won. But we, we stood there. And now, you know, obviously it's a default Westbrook wins because of injuries. But now I honestly looked at the report earlier today when it said Russell Westbrook's trying to go somewhere where he can be like the guy and like a leader again. And it's probably the first time in the last decade where I was like, I don't know if he's that, I don't know if he, he's that guy in his head, obviously, but I don't know if he should be that guy anymore. Um, so I perfect way to go, put it, go, go to a place like New York where you can make money yes. and be a star. I mean, he's not, he, I don't think he's winning a championship. He doesn't play championship ball. I'm sorry. no, <laughs> To your point, RJ, if you want to be the guy and Russell Westbrook is going to be the guy on your team, you aren't winning anything. So go somewhere. And this is where I agree with you that my spot for Russell Westbrook was New York. 
the embodiment of everything that is Russell Westbrook and the embodiment of everything that is the New York Knicks when it comes to the NBA is overrated. So why don't you guys just get married, be together? Not that, you know, you guys being good isn't good for the NBA. If the Knicks are good, that's good for the NBA. If Russell Westbrook is good, that's good for the NBA. But they're not. So you guys go be together. If the, and I could just see Jim Dolan sitting there being like, you know, I'll put fans in the stands. Russell Westbrook. And his president is, sit, is sitting Russell there. Westbrook do for a franchise at this point? No, nothing. Sell, I love Russell Westbrook. What is what is what does he what what does he bring to the table for you right now? Uh, he bring he brings you empty stats, TJ. Empty stats. I'd say forty five wins. He brings you forty five wins. Oh, I don't even know about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, he, that's, that's high. About right. That's about right. Like slight, in the slightly East, 45 winning. wins? No, I mean, like slightly. Yeah. Right? I mean, Russell Westbrook on the Knicks will put up – well, he'll get a triple-double again. For sure. And Shit, people and will write about – Yeah. 40. For Yeah, because who else is shooting the ball there? What? really bad, though. And just all you're going to do is kill R.J. Barrett's development. R.J. Barrett? R.J. Barrett? <laughs> you, know what's, you know what's sad that's about a RJ horrible Barrett? shooting backcourt i completely forgot that he was on the knicks like that's how irrelevant he is in my mind right now hey he was, hey he was hey, solid hey. Last year. you he was you solid you guys need to cut the slander of a canadian boy rj barrett okay all right <laughs> we love Barrett's him up here we're, we're we're holding out hope with rj with wiggins we're holding anthony out bennett those guys. I, anthony no no no, <laughs> no, no, no. i'm a huge fucking wiggins fan so okay, so yeah, we gotta get to football, Ian. But I know that you you have a take. Do you want to get to your take? If I'm Houston now, to me, the most fun I'd love to see Russell Westbrook uh, throwing down alley oops and going crazy to the MSG crowd in, in New York. That to me would be amazing theater. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's not championships, but if I'm talking about the most fun that I'm gonna get the most fun out of, um, that one is definitely up there. Uh, you know, I could see. It looks like Charlotte's interested. That could be interesting only because he gets to wear those dope new Hornets uniforms and he's a Jordan brand player. I'm I'm with all that. But if I'm Houston, I know that I'm not getting shit for Westbrook. It is a it's a salary dump. I'm getting back an expiring contract and some other undesirable asset. Yeah. If I'm Houston, the guy I'm moving is Harden. And that's not because I think that Harden is better than Westbrook. Obviously, that Westbrook's better than Harden. I don't believe that. Harden is far superior. But if I want to get something that's going to make my team better, I think I make it better by dealing Harden. Because if I deal Harden, I get back a better player. Now, I don't know if I can turn Harden into Joel Embiid. I don't know if I can turn Harden into Bradley Beal. But at least those things are conversations. If I'm floating someone out like Westbrook, those teams are laughing in my face. If I call Washington right now and say, let's do Harden for Beal, they at least think about it. I don't know that they do it, but they at least think about it. So to me, I would, if I'm looking to find a way to pivot my franchise, because the longer you are locked by the shackles of Harden Ball, I think the longer that Houston's going to struggle. With but that. really quick, really quick, you're unlocking yourself from Harden Ball to lock yourself to Westbrook Ball. Like it's not like you, you've got you have to get rid of both of them at that point. Then Harden I love better than Westbrook Ball. It's without question. It's proven that it better, is at, better than Westbrook. Its ceiling is much higher. Yes, I agree with you, TJ. Absolutely, but. Man, I, yeah, that's I true. Stand watching James Harden. Ah, oh, he's so trash. He's he is ex- objectively not trash. It's just not fun to watch. 
just not fun to watch. One of the more overrated superstars I've ever seen in NBA. Without question. It it doesn't doesn't mean he's not a one-man offense. It doesn't mean he's not a one-man offense. He's he's a great player, but it's something about it, man. It just never really clicks in the playoffs. It's like random duds where he just kind of gives up for lack of better. It just it just at least so, Russell fights. I'm not saying that's true. Better than Harden, but Russell's gonna fight and it's gonna get ugly. But I mean, you know. And to your point today, I was actually listening to the book of basketball season three from Bill Simmons, and one point that he brought up was in the past. When you are just a scorer, that traditionally has not worked. Alex English, George Gervin, James Harden. The only one that actually did anything with it was Allen Iverson. Now, did he win a title? No. But he took his team to that point because the East was terrible. And also because he just had that mentality about him that I'm going to take every beating and take every shit kicking. He had the Westbrook mentality with the the scoring touch of a a James Harden. So I, I just... I, I would love an MB for Harden trade. I'd just love to see the world burn. So that would be that would be fantastic in my opinion. But um, but you know what? I, I would just love to see Westbrook on the Knicks. Harden's staying. That's happening. But I, I think that's where we got to leave it. I think, well, I think, I think we could see some things happen, though. Yeah, I think Harden is too embedded, like, in, in Houston to leave at this mm. point. I mean, he's he's like a god out here. I mean, Russell Russell – was here during a pandemic. Right. Right. I've been, I've argued with, cause I'm not from here. I've argued with Rockets fans about like how good Harden is and like a totem pole to NBA. People have told me in different, they said he's better than Giannis. They said he's better than Kawhi. He's better than KD. <laughs> All of that's nonsense. People yes. are saying like, no, people are legitimately like screaming at me in the bar. Like Harden is the second best NBA player behind LeBron. Have no idea and this happened multiple times. Rockets fans are out of control. To the stuff that you guys are experts at that we want to ask you about. So the first thing we're going to do is we want to ask you, this segment's called Backfields and Flux. And we have various backfields right now that are uncertain, whether that's via injury, guys not performing, anything else. So here's what I'm going to ask you guys. We have a bunch of teams, and we want to ask you, a, who is the back to own? Okay. How should we be targeting that player? And are you sell which player are you selling? Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah. Okay. So the first one, let's start in Arizona. So Kenyon Drake, Kenyon Drake coming up could potentially be coming off injury. Uh, could be coming off injury this week. Chase Edmonds and his time to shine last week threw up a dud. So RJ, I'm going to start with you. Who is the guy to own got, in Arizona? You got the floor on this one. You could even speak on this one. So we told people at the very beginning of the season to fade Kenyon Drake. It was for multiple reasons. One, on the simple fact that he was a high-end, like high second-round pick. Absolutely not. We're talking about a running back who was on the Miami Dolphins, one of the worst franchises in the league at the time, going up against Kalen Balazs, who is now like the journeyman of the league, and another insert running back who I don't even think is on roster. Oh, it was Frank Gore. It was Frank Gore. <laughs> yeah. Frank Gore. <laughs> Frank Gore. He couldn't win that backfield. Why is he all of a sudden going to come to Arizona? He had a mate. Let me get this right. He had amazing 
end of the fantasy season last year. Let me let he me had not... a, he had he had championship yes. fantasy championship yes. winning end of the season with without a doubt. And you know where his entire thing went left was that was like three games. Mm-hmm. And now you're asking him to do this for hopefully a 16 game fantasy season. He's also we're not talking about extremely injury prone in the entire offseason. There was nothing but reports. Anytime there was a report about Kenyon Drake, it wasn't him at practice. It wasn't him looking great. It was Kenyon Drake was seen walking around in a walking boot today. <laughs> and he was like, oh, you know, I just do it for rest. That's not that's not how that works. It's, it's not how that works. And I actually tell people, if you walk around with a walking boot all the time, all you're doing from like a completely physiological standpoint is you're worsening everything with regards to the motion of your ankle. And sure enough, this year, he's had what? He's been injured twice now. Yeah. I would, I honestly would have tried to trade because some people are still high on Kendrick. I would have tried to trade him before he got hurt because we told people, I think in our, third or fourth episode to pick up Chase Edmonds because anytime he touches the ball, he looks electric. Jay, first. And you know what? To build on that too, RJ, last week we had an episode where we talked about who is going to be the bat, like the one fantasy player that's going to win you your title. And my pick was Chase Edmonds because he showed, he showed, especially last year in when he gets the touches, he has production. So it seems like, you are choosing Chase Edmonds out of that backfield to to run with, and you're fading Kenyon Drake moving forward. Absolutely. TJ, where are you with that? Uh, I'm right spot on with that. I mean, I think Chase Edmonds, when you see him play, he moves at a different speed than Kenyon Drake. Like, every time he touches the ball, it's, it's just something different. It just He just pops off the screen. He's a smaller guy. Well, one, he's a better pass catcher than Kenyon Drake because Kenyon Drake is kind of cast as this receiving back that can do it all, but he can't really catch. When is Kenyon Drake, like we said on our podcast, when has he been good? For like, like seven games. Well, he took, oh, to, be, to be fair, he's RB22 this year. So, because he's put up a couple big, he's put up a couple big lines. And, but Edmonds, who hasn't been getting the touches, is like RB28. He's like right there, right behind him. So he's and, and Kenyon Drake's RB22 when you draft him is what like RB7? Yeah, yeah you're right. Exactly. Yep. You took him you took him as probably your second pick if not your first. Cuz people on the turn of the first and second took Kenyon Drake and they might have doubled up and got Aaron Jones, which is great. Oh, man. Or they went Kenyon Drake. Or Chubb. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not high on Kenyon Drake at all. I had him in a dynasty league. I traded him away I think last year. Like he he's I don't think he's a good player. That that's my take on it. I well, I have so. him in Dynasty, so thank you. I will make sure I take that advice. <laughs> like, but think about it though. Like when you when you think about him even going back to Bama, what did he have? That one kick return, right? Yeah. Yeah. In the league, he had the one game versus the patch where he like broke a like a broken kick. Was it a kick return or what was and, it? And I th- he was playing behind Henry, right? Was it Henry or Ingram? It was Henry. It was, it was Henry, and he was mm-hmm. banged up in college yeah, the whole time. The yeah, he broke his leg. leg. Well, Ian talked about people that he owned or owns in his dynasty pool. Let's get to a few that I own. 
because I own every single person on this team, and that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have two teams. The, the way that this Dynasty League works is you each have two teams. There's seven people in the league. We have two, this 14-team league. I have – so let's throw this out there. It's Ronald we'll Jones. Later. It's confusing. Ronald, we'll get to that later. It's Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, and Keyshawn Vaughn. And, yes, I'm including Keyshawn Vaughn, even though he absolutely should not be mentioned. But, you know. Throw a little, throw a little uh, love to, to Keyshawn. Fly that flag. <laughs> <laughs> so TJ, who are you? Who? Where am I going with my team? Should I be going Jones or Fournette? I think definitely Fournette. I'm a big Fournette mm. guy. Wow. I think that I think Fournette. I don't uh, Ronald Jones. I think he's just kind of a guy. I, I don't think he's bad. I used to think he was bad, but I mean after seeing him this year. <laughs> He's made some plays, but I think he's just kind of a dude. And I don't think Fournette's a lead anymore, but I think Fournette's definitely better than Ronald Jones. Well, and you talked about on your podcast this week too, right? That Fournette, which what you didn't understand was why is he the third down back? And it's because he's right. improved so much as a pass catcher. And that's well, the what they're – do you agree? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, TJ. Well, the thing is he played wide out in high school. Like, he can catch the ball. Like Fournette can catch the ball. I don't think he's a third down back in the NFL. I think he's more of a banger that can peel one off at some point, but he can catch the ball. Ronald Jones came in the league. He was supposed to be, if you remember when he came out of the draft, he's supposed to be this electric sprinter. I don't see that at all. He's supposed to be like this electric sprinter out of USC that would break big plays, but I don't necessarily see that at all in the league. He's pretty good. You know, he's, he's cool. But I think Fournette, as the year goes on, he gets more acclimated. Like we, he, like you already see, he's getting more touches, getting catches. I mean, he's the goal line back because he's more of a banger than Ronald Jones. I think the, the way to go is definitely go Fournette. RJ, what do you think here? What what do we what can we make of that mess of a backfield? I agree. So Fournette was actually at the beginning of the season before he even got traded. He was on our list of like most underrated based on their average draft like position people were letting Fournette fall to like the fourth fifth round I mean you look at Fournette's season last year first of all I I wasn't even taking into account him being traded from the Jags I was just like well who's gonna trade for him their Jags are gonna be asking for way too much and they literally traded him away for some peanuts I mean To, to probably the worst situation for him yeah no they cut him yeah, actually, you're right. They didn't even yeah, trade him because no one. And he signed there. Cut so, Leonard yeah. Fournette. Yes, That's right. They cut Leonard Fournette. So here's the problem: when he got to the Bucks, he, first of all, we're talking about Bruce Arians, who's this is like mysterious. I'm not going to let you guys know what the hell I'm doing with any of my players. Coach, such a dick. Comes out, and I'm like, okay. When you look at objectively Fournette versus Ronald Jones. Fournette should win this backfield nine times out of ten. So why isn't he though? And that's, that's what I that don't, is my question. That's because what I don't. We get. can't figure it out. It, but if you look at their games as of the last you know three weeks since Fournette's been getting more clock, Fournette's trending up. Fournette's True. Fournette's floor right now is like nine points a game, and that's <laughs> the part that I don't get is is, is it's mainly catches. Like, Fournette's getting nine, ten targets a game, which is wild to me. Like, if anything, I would think the roles would be reversed or Fournette just 
gets the majority of the carries. Has the job. Has the yeah. job. And then you bring in Ronald Jones like he is probably going to end up being moving, you know, moving in the future years, a change of pace back. I mean, that's what Ronald Jones came into the league to be was a change of pace back. I mean, we're still talking about the same guy who was behind Peyton Barber on depth chart. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I look, and I don't want to go too deep because, look, no Oh, one, my God. I own Peyton Barber in the Dynasty pool, too. Jesus. No one, gives, <laughs> no one gives a shit about anyone's own fantasy team, right, but yourself. Yeah. But in our dynasty pool, I did take Ronald Jones above Nick Chubb. So I'm just going to go outside and walk in the traffic real quick. Real quick. I'm just going to go do that. Um, and Rashad Penny. So I got one more for, I got one more for you. And Sean's going to drop a bomb on you at the last one. Okay. So the next one I want you to sort out is Denver. Because what's going on in Denver as a Melvin Gordon owner is very concerning. Lindsay's got way more burst, and you can see Gordon's value is more in pass pro and as a pass catcher and maybe around the goal line. But in terms of like sheer burst, what we're seeing is Lindsay may be superior here. Am I the only one reading it that way? RJ, what do you think? It's funny because we talk about we've been talking about this more so over the last two weeks now that Lindsay's back healthy and you know Melvin's back healthy, I guess you could say. I can't even put one above the other. That's kind of how I feel about it right now. You know, really, when, when we come to like giving people advice for fi- like fantasy purposes, I would tell you that both of them are viable flex options. So they're looking like they're RB3, 4 on your team. With that being said, people are like, well, that's Melvin Gordon. Well, you should have never drafted Melvin Gordon as an RB1 or 2 on your team because he there was just way too many questions going into the season because Philip Lindsay was on that team. I mean, we're talking about two pro bowl running backs and it's, it's very different from this, the situation out in Cleveland um, where you have like two running backs who are probably better than both the running backs in Denver. Yeah. They're both averaging close to 15 (laughs) fantasy points a game. Yeah. 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 So it's like, you know, Melvin Gordon, the thing is, is it's, I think they're both, very good flex options moving forward because Drew Locke is now moving the football. He's kind of balling. Yeah, you can't. Oh my God! Stop it, please, <laughs> please. Kind of no, no, he's not. He's kind no, of balling. stop. I, I listen. I listened to your podcast. Yes, I heard Drew Locke is moving the football. Please save me this, okay? All right. I like, yeah. I like. I like Drew. I like Drew Locke. I just don't know if he's a good. Quarterback. Like him for what? If you're if he's playing against the Rams defense, he is. He's swagger. You see the dance he hit when he threw the game when it touched down. I like that. You know, all these people, he has great line. He has great lines after football games. He's dropping basically like I'm Jesus now kind of lines when he leaves. Like I, it's just. Okay, I'm just I'm I'm here for a lot of what you guys are saying. The Drew Lock praise you guys can keep, you know, in the United States. Okay, that's so all. T- that's T- all that I'm saying. TJ, what do you think? What do you make of this backfield, man? Uh, see, the thing about it is, uh, take for last take last week for example, right? Neither of them did anything, but at least Lindsey, you got late, you know. <laughs> Melvin True. Gordon. I mean, Melvin Gordon's <laughs> had good games this year. I think Melvin hey, he's averaging Gordon's like. Still- He's averaging like 10.5 fantasy points a game. It's just, but to your point, like where you drafted him. He's... Yeah, it's just like, like Melvin Gordon has always been pretty good. He's had great fantasy years, but he's always been like pretty good. Like he wasn't, he was never elite. He was just right under elite, right? Yeah. Right. So now he goes to Denver on a worse offense. I mean, he's surrounded by weapons, but time will tell kind of how much that helps him. 
We don't know if Drew Locke is good. Like I said, I like him. He's got balls. He's a gunslinger. Like but, that. You know, I don't – is Drew Locke good? No. The answer is no. Uh, but let's get to the last team. TJ, I'm going to throw you here. Okay. All right. And I need you to help me with this because it's very difficult oh, to this is such a good one. It's I'm very so difficult excited. to separate fantasy football and real football sometimes. Because mm-hmm. because to your earlier point, Melvin Gordon on the field, you know, I think he was putting up more fantasy stats than than you know what he was actually helping his team accomplish, potentially even vice versa, depending on your opinion on Melvin Gordon. But I'm gonna talk about Dallas because the reason I'm talking about Dallas is the Zeke. Tony Pollard dilemma that we have right now. And the dilemma that I'm seeing is as a football team, it looks like Pollard is having a better impact on the overall product on the field, but Zeke is still RB six and putting up his points. So we're moving forward with the Dallas backfield. Tell me why I should not be trading Zeke Elliott for a wide receiver one and adding Tony Pollard. See that. I was I was completely off board until you said trade Zeke for a WR1 and add Tony Pollard. See, the thing about Zeke is that I think we I think we can't overreact because Zeke has been an elite running back for when did Zeke come in the league? Like five, six years ago, five years? Yeah, about that. Four or five years ago. Yeah. Bell Cow from day one. He's walked in, been a stud all the way from high school through college. Funny story. He's he from St. Louis. He went to a tiny private school in St. Louis, right? Like not an elite sports school. He was putting up three, 400 yards a game, like insane. (laughs) He's been a stud since he was like 14, 15. I think that the offense not having Dak is kind of completely dead in general. So you can find someone of value, like that you can trade him for. Like when you say WR1, are we talking high WR1? Are we talking kind of like Keenan and Allen? Are we talking AJ Brown? Like where, where let's say that I'm tra- I'm trading Zeke for AJ Brown. Yeah, no, I'm not getting DK Metcalf. I'm not getting DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not getting Devontae Adams, but I'm getting, say, an AJ Brown, maybe even on the lower end, a Tyler Lockett. And listen, before you even get to that point, the only reason why I brought this up was because he's still RB6. So while everyone's freaking out that the on-field product doesn't look the way it normally looks, he's still producing for you as a fantasy owner. And that's why, and we're t- I, that's why I don't want people to freak out. I, I actually am with you 100%, TJ. I, I worded reason- the question on purpose that way. It's Zeke. Yes, it's the Zeke. The only reason Zeke, I want right? to say that you, maybe you should freak out, and again, this is very specific, but in our league, a friend of mine sat Zeke Elliott for Wayne Gallman, and it worked. Gallman doubled what Zeke got last week. So, yeah, hey, once. I, I understand. I understand. That but that is, is to get outscored by Wayne Gallman. That's at any false. Point, <laughs> the fact that Wayne Gall, the fact that Wayne Gallman outscores me is a problem. Like the fact that he's sitting in for Zeke and it's working, <laughs> it is not good. It's not good. And the fair, offense looks what, objectively better when Pollard's on. To be fair, when you watch Zeke play, it doesn't look like he gives a fuck about this season anymore. To be so honest. true. He just like kind of jogs in the hole, gets four. Just don't get hurt, you know, man. Like, just don't get hurt. Yeah. Well, Mike, you know, he's just collecting checks, enjoying <laughs> it. <laughs> Michael Lombardi came out today and called him Joel Embiid of the NFL. Said that he That's is he has the talent right. of Ooh, he like has the that. talent of of basically Shaq, 
So the talent of Walter Payton, but the stamina and the physique of what Joel Embiid is. I, as someone, <laughs> as as someone who works for a company that works very closely <laughs> with Zeke and knows his regiment, I completely find that offensive. But RJ, let's look to you here. You're not taking Tony Pollard, are you? Here's the thing. You- oh my God! Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> Home, it's happening. It's happening. So let me. I've been saying now since Zeke started dropping duds. It actually happened after the Arizona game. I've been saying on the podcast, is Zeke not just getting high as hell before every game and he's just out there not trying to get hurt? He's just fired up to play Call of Duty. That's that's yeah. what it looks like. He, <laughs> he knows they're not winning a championship. He's making a bunch of money. He's like, let me just, you know, hit a couple of the milestones they want me to hit this year. Go out there, look like I'm trying, but like this is Pollard's year to grow. My my only problem with the trade though is when we're talking WR one back half, and you're talking about AJ Brown. Yes, I, I was getting my haircut today, and I didn't even realize that AJ Brown's leading the league in touchdowns. He's insane, and he had I don't miss games. I don't, yeah, exactly. I don't know how this is possible, but on the flip side, I look at the Titans situation. Like, let me let me let me mid podcast see what AJ Brown has tonight. Because I don't think he's doing what A.J. Brown does on a very typical basis. I'll tell you this. Corey Davis had a 25-yard reception first yeah. drive, which I know you guys gave up on Corey Davis on your last podcast. Screw Corey Davis. We started. We have, a, we have one team together. He gave us a 0.0 last Corey time. Davis, two receptions for 38 yards. A.J. Brown, one reception for 21 yards. No touchdowns between the two of them. So here we go here. If you trade Zeke for that. No, you're not doing that. At the end of the day, and that really goes back to your drafting, am I going to be more pissed off if I have Zeke and he's laying duds and that's just what I have to live with? Or I traded Zeke for A.J. Brown to get cute and A.J. Brown gives me like, what is that, two points right now? I'd be by 3.1. It's only halftime short, but still, I just I couldn't live with that. And Pollard, yeah, you know, whatever. Pollard is going to be based off of how many touches they want to give him versus Zeke, which the quasi-maybe exciting part about the Cowboys is they found a young quarterback who doesn't give a shit, who's willing to sling the ball, and Garrett Gilbert, that is, who I really don't like personally because he didn't go out there and beat Bama when he was at Texas. But, you know – I just couldn't live with trading Zeke for uh, and even Tyler Lockett. Look at Tyler oh, Lockett; he's been like he's been laying duds. <laughs> Him and DK literally alternate every week. He's Marquis. So like, he's you know, he's Hollywood Brown on steroids. It's like you either get forty or you get four. Yeah, Marquise and Marquise Brown, Brown is you get seventeen or you get three. Zero. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But we got one more segment for you, boys, before we get to picks. And we normally, when we have guests on, we have a segment called Quick Hitters. But for this one, we knew with what we want to talk about with fantasy football, we knew with picks, it wasn't going to be possible. So we're going to treat this as Quick Hitters. Quick Hitters and this segment, which is called Buy or Sell, is we're going to throw out names of players. And you have to take what you, what it basically look like stocks. So look at what their value is now. Are you buying them moving forward through the fantasy football season? Or are you selling that stock hard so ian why don't you throw out the first name on buy or sell is this for redraft for the rest of the season the rest of the season the rest of the season 
the rest okay. of the season. So if you have Got them, it. you're holding them. Or, or if you have them, you're getting rid of them for the value that they're at right now. That's how that works. Okay. Well, for example, DK Metcalf, number two wide receiver in fantasy football. I think he's now behind Devontae, right, Ian? But he's number two right now. Either way. Two or three. Do you feel like he's holding that position or getting a little better, or do you want to sell that? But that's not one of the people. That's just an example. Ian, who's the first one? Let's throw to T, let's throw to TJ on this one. So the first one I want to give to you is, to me, maybe one of the five most disappointing guys so far this season. The one thing I will say is that it's not really his fault. I think, um, you know, I, I think, I think it's partly circumstance. But here we go. So the first one's Chris Godwin. And he was being drafted as probably the fifth or sixth receiver. Uh, now he's wide receiver 62, I believe, in standard formats. Do you like him moving forward? Are we buying or are we selling Chris Godwin for the remainder of the season? I think it's a great buying opportunity there. Mm. I think so. Even though the targets, the targets are going to get interesting now that Antonio Brown and Mike Evans are on the team. But when Chris Godwin was out there this season, he produces. He's just had really bad injury luck. Chris Godwin is a hell of a player. And the offense is good. When when everything's clicking, they're not going to be able to double-team anybody. Chris Godwin's going to get his. So if you have people valuing, to me, like they're valuing him, if he's not a WR1, high WR2, and you can get him for maybe like one of your flex players that's, un- that's overperforming, I think that he could carry you in the playoff just – He's got to be healthy, though. He's got a broken finger, and he has to catch the ball. That's true. What would he miss, 10 days with a broken finger? Yeah. Tough as nails, but tough doesn't win you championships at the same time. So, But, but I, I, I'm not off the Chris Godwin train. I think he's a hell of a player. What All right. I, I'd buy. If someone's trying to give him up at his lowest point, I'd definitely buy. Next one's for you, RJ. The number one or number two drafted quarterback in most fantasy football leagues lamar jackson are we buying or selling lamar jackson the rest of the season man we have been so to to put this in perspective for you real quick lamar was so last year lamar outscored every other quarterback by like a billion points and he was probably the first or second qb depending on how much you loved mahomes if you got cute maybe kyler but i doubt it um now he's listed as qb 11 that may they may not seem all that bad, but this was a guy going really early in drafts, and it just isn't the same. But he does have a cushy schedule moving forward. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Sean. So I was gonna say this is a guy. So here, here's the thing: we've been talking about the Ravens' offense for a while now, and it goes along with Lamar's fantasy value. Greg Roman has no idea what he's doing when it comes to the passing offense. Period. Point blank. Period. But with that being said, they play the Pats this weekend, then they play the Titans, then they have a difficult week, week 12, if you need Lamar to get you into the playoffs, that's rough against the Steelers at Heinz Field. However, if you have a good team, which if you have Lamar, I'm going to go on the end and probably say, I really hope you drafted very well picks like three through six. Because you took him probably first or second round, like a lot of the people I know, which we are screaming, you absolutely do not do that. Exactly. But if you have a good team going into the playoffs, you got Dallas week 13, Cleveland week 14, Jacksonville 15, Giants 16. 
he could potentially carry you through the playoffs. I mean, I, as much as I've been against him passing this year and not really doing what his value was, I think you have to ride it out. I mean, there's no reason. So here's my thing is, like, what are you trading him for if you are selling him? Because if, if somebody was like, Lamar Jackson's on the trading block, I'll offer you, like, lock it. No, someone well, came think- to me. Someone came to me and like uh, in one of my pools offered me Lamar plus for Mahomes, and that was a quick no. No. Now, to be fair, I turned around and traded Mahomes because I need to win this week to make the play to even have a chance to make the playoffs for Kenyon Drake, Keenan Allen, and Justin Herbert, who I had just traded oh. Justin Herbert to him two weeks ago for Tevin Coleman because I needed a running back to try and win that week. So, minus to me, hopefully plus to me. But to your point there. You're not just giving up on Lamar Jackson. You and and he can only get better, right? Here's the thing at, at, at Lamar Jackson. If really at quarterbacks in general, Lamar's shitty season, at worst, he's put up 14 points fantasy wise. That's I, I don't like that because that's not Lamar Jackson's standard. But when you look at other quarterbacks, it's like people have duds like that. But then Lamar's also put up 32 weeks. So, you know, and those were against Washington Philly. So he kills he kills bad teams, RJ. Exactly. He kills he bad just, teams. He runs all over them. He dumps it off to Mark Andrews. He scores a couple touchdowns. So, I mean, at this point in the season, there's no reason to sell him for less than what you drafted him. I mean, I feel like I feel like that's jumping ship because you're not going to get a lot in return. It's not like anybody's going to give you, you know, Keenan Allen for Lamar Jackson. I mean, I would make well, that I, trade for the record. I think the main thing with Lamar too is that the way you can trade Lamar is if you nailed a an Aaron Rodgers, a Josh Allen, a whomever later in the draft, and that keeps you covered, and then you can ship out Lamar, but only under that under those circumstances. And again, I think I've, every season we see this, every year we see this. This is why taking a QB early is such fool's gold because every year it's a different player. Yep. And last year. It was Lamar. The year before, it was Mahomes. This year, it looks like it's Russ slash Kyler. Justin Herbert, don't put some respect on his name. He's climbing. Yeah, but he's not. He's not in the class of those guys, though. And I think that's what happens every year. Thirty a week. You can't predict. (laughs) You can't predict that, right? You can't predict which quarterback is going to blow everyone else out of the water every year. And I think that's one of the problems. So, speaking of Lamar Jackson, I got one for you, TJ. Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews was the number three tight end heading into the season. And I think he's only hit double digits three times this year, all earlier in the year. I think he's tight end eight right now at an absolutely dog shit position. Although I see him bouncing back quickly this week against the Patriots. Those linebackers are slow as shit. Are we buying or selling Andrews rest of the way? If you have Mark Andrews, can you even afford to fade him? When Probably. you think about I mean, where unless you, you got, got John late, unless you got John who later. No, that's a, that's a good Can point. Can you afford to fade Mark Andrews? I mean, like tight end's such a fucked up position, right? You got it. Like we just said with Lamar, they're playing four shitty teams. Who does Lamar like? To? He's the number one receiving weapon on that team. Yep. I don't think uh, this isn't the time to sell Mark Andrews. If you're going to sell Mark Andrews, I think it, it would have been at the beginning of the season when he was considered possibly tight end one overall, like maybe in the first couple games and you just sell him then get a RB one or a WR one. I think at this point you got to ride with him. He's a good player. I mean, they're, they're, they're not playing good defenses. Okay. RJ, if this isn't the quickest one of all time, we might have to end the podcast here. David Montgomery, are we buying or selling him for the rest of the season? Got this one. 
<laughs> oh God! This 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 is TJ's most hated player in the NFL, David Montgomery. First off, you should have never drafted David Montgomery. I have him in every goddamn pool, RJ. Every goddamn pool, I have him in. <laughs> because every every freaking announcer told me he's the most elusive back I've ever seen coming out of college. He will break every tackle that you've ever seen, and then he has a disappointing season. And it's like you know what? I'm getting him as my RB two, RB three. Give me David Montgomery, and it's, here it's we hilarious. are. It's hilarious. Here we are. RJ, bef- RJ, before you go, let me just yeah. say one thing. Is it Now, aesthetically, it makes your eyes bleed. It makes you yeah. want to peel them off your face. Okay? But is it really as bad as it seems? I think he was being drafted, what, RB in the 20s somewhere? Yeah. He's ranked right now. I, I know you guys play PPR. We play standard. Yeah. But he's ranked somewhere in the 20s. I mean, 29. aren't you – Aren't you sort of getting exactly what you paid for, even if it's horrible to look at? I mean, it's it's ugly, but he plods his way to the numbers of where you drafted him. Okay, so I don't appreciate I I don't appreciate this optimism at all. By the way, this this can't be. I'm not a fan, but talk me through it. Let, Let let me say this. So if you drafted David Montgomery and he's giving you, so here's the thing: when people drafted David Montgomery at his RB like two three position. They were drafting him, like Sean said, like he was a steal. Like he was going to give you these points because he's this elusive back. He's the, he's the only back in Chicago. Tariq Cohen is dead. Meanwhile, Tariq Cohen dies. But guess who gets some carries every now and then? Cordero Patterson, Mr. Oh Utility of the League. You know why? That's because Dave Montgomery sucks. Man, my, we, have, we have some of our best friends from Chicago, and they're huge Bears fans. One was never on the David Montgomery wave. The other one sat here during our very first podcast when we were doing the ADP reviews. And he was like, man, what are y'all talking about? David Montgomery's solid. He sat here two weeks ago or no, last Sunday and texted us. And he said, all David Montgomery's good for is getting you back to the line of scrimmage. And when y'all watch the Bears play this Sunday, just just watch. when he, he He's going to make a man miss and he's going to get back to the line of scrimmage. But – that kind of goes along one of our main rules. You don't draft running backs on shit offenses. And the Bears offense is so bad. Yeah, it doesn't even ca- it doesn't count as shit. It's that's being to shit. I thought that I was forward thinking. I thought, you know, Trubisky's gonna suck. But we got the RPO got coming Foles. in. We we got fools coming in. And here's the thing: this is the problem with Montgomery. He is not good enough for where he's been drafted, but he's just good enough not to cut. That's the problem. Is like he's getting you eleven points a week. It's just it's honestly, TJ. I I, I wish I knew that this was gonna. I, I wish that you and I had this conversation, RJ. I know that you said that he sucked. You came out definitively about it, but I just I, I want someone else to feel my pain, and and it it hurts. Can, but before I'm we move on to the next shot, can we get David TJ's Montgomery stands for? <laughs> like I'm like the number one. Like like like. That was my number one, like, don't take him. I had him last year because I fell into the same thing you did. I was like, oh, Chicago Bears drafted a running back in the second round. They traded up for him. He was great in college. Who cares if he's slow? Like, you know, maybe he's Devontae Freeman. He fucking sucks, dog. He's a terrible (laughs) player, bro. He sucks. He's like a a deep freezer on wheels, man. It's like, I love, who cares if he's slow? Well, every every coach in the league who wants a running back cares if they're slow. 
All right, Ian, get to the last one. The worst part is, and then I'll move on. The worst part is, is that in a lot of rookie drafts that year, people were grabbing Montgomery over guys like Miles Sanders. And I'm not the biggest Sanders guy. Don't get me started on Miles Sanders. That dude sucks too. <laughs> no, I'm, I don't love his vision. He does have great vision. But Sanders is objectively a better player than Montgomery, right? So that that is the tricky part with that one. So the last one, I'm actually, I actually want both you guys' opinion on this one because this player right now has the makings of a guy who can swing titles because of how he's playing. And the guy I'm talking about is Christian Kirk. Is this guy for real right now? Yes or no? Because lately, and this is standard, since week four, 10.9, 12.8, 22.6, 20.7, 23.3. Is it, now, initially we're like, okay, you see him starting to put up numbers. Like, is he Arizona's version of Tyler Lockett? You know, Hopkins is the more consistent one. Is he Arizona's Tyler Lockett? He was typically being drafted, what, in as in the wide receiver 40s range? And now he's, you know, very much out kicking that. So after first couple tough first three weeks, he's cooking now. TJ, you go first, but I want both of you guys on this. What do we think about Christian Kirk? Are we buying or are we seeing this plateau? Are we selling right now? I think I'm definitely buying at this point. Uh, I've always thought Christian Kirk was a great player coming out of uh, A&M because he contributed as a true freshman, right? That's right. He had the athleticism. He was always good. He put up stats every year. And it looked like he was building on something until probably like the first four games of the season. He didn't get the targets. He didn't really produce. He was giving you single digits. But now it seems like they realize that, hey, we need to prioritize D-Hop prioritize getting Christian Kirk the ball. Larry Fitzgerald's really – Kane Drake might not be good. And Christian Kirk takes the top off. I don't really know because he's not slow, but he's not super fast. I don't really know how he does it. It's probably his route running and quickness. But he seems to have come up with a big touchdown the last three weeks. And I don't think that's some kind of mirage. I think it's kind of a connection with Kyler. I mean, they played together. They're best friends. I'll, I'll, I'll tell, tell you what it is. It's D-Hop not getting 20 targets a game. True. I mean, that we've been talking about Arizona's offense this entire time, this air raid. Like, it wasn't an air raid for the first, like, five games of the season. It was exactly what and, – and I hate to say it because I hate for what we traded him for, but it's exactly what was the problem with the Texans' offense. It's, That's right. You're a Texans fan. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the quarterback staring down D-Hop giving him 20 targets a game, and it's just like little dump-offs. Like, yeah, D-Hop's going to catch the ball. But at the end of the day, look at Arizona recently. When Arizona spreads the ball and lets other receivers get involved, they're moving the ball a lot better. I mean, they have deep throws. They have streak routes. They have post corners. They have post routes. D-Hop's going to get his no matter what. He's he's just that good of a talent. But I'm by Christian Kirk. Well, and I think that the beauty with someone like Kirk is that, again, I think he's sort of in that locket mode or even in that, in the Marquise Brown mode where, like, regardless, regardless, it seems like that guy's just open. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you wa- you go back and you watch, and, like, even if they're showing a replay, you just look and you're like, oh, weird, Christian Kirk's open. It just feels like he's one of those guys who's constantly he's, he's open. wide open, wide open. And honestly, depending on what kind of leads you're playing in, you could – Probably get Christian Kirk be like, oh, you could lie to him. Oh, 
couple fluke games. Look at his first four games of the season. He's really not that good. Like, D-Hop's the guy to own on the Cardinals. You can even lie and say Kenyon Drake's coming back. This is, like, the perfect <laughs> time to buy Christian Kirk. We spent a lot of time, and I'm going to blame Ian because we went way too deep down the rabbit hole. So let's let's crank through some picks. It's week 10. Let's go. Let's get some picks in. We have six games, boys. It's time to get to it. RJ, we're starting with you. First game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, after an embarrassing loss, are in Carolina facing the Panthers. The line that we have is plus five and a half for the Cardinals. The over-under is 50 and a half. Who are you taking this week? The thing is, is my 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 gut is telling me to take the Panthers at home after a very, very good game against the Chiefs. Problem with all of this is I continue to look at the Bucs team slash offense they're now coming off of back-to-back losses first or sorry sorry back-to-back bad games they played the Giants very closely oh. scared the shit out of me because I had him in a pick league and I'm sitting here stressing on a Monday night on a Monday night like what is going on it was during our podcast I was like what is going on tonight then you bring in AB who might I mention Antonio Brown looked very good mm-hmm. um Problem was they got their ass whooped by the Saints. I mean, they got to them. Do I think the Panthers' pass rush is going to get to Brady? No. The only way you're disrupting and messing with Brady's offense is you have to get pass rush on him, get him pressured, make him uncomfortable, and that's when he starts throwing like he's a 43, 44-year-old man where he's throwing ducks, getting picked off, getting smacked. I think on a on a bounce-back game, because I think the Bucks are still real, they – I think they can cover a touchdown, man. I mean, especially now if CMC were playing, I'm taking I'm taking Panthers at home. I'm just saying that straight up. But CMC's supposed to not play. It's Mike Davis that kind of changes things for me. So I'm I'm taking I'm taking Bucks. Uh, what is that? Minus six and a half. Minus five and a half. Minus five and a half. Ian, follow up with RJ. This was one of my hardest ones of the week because Carolina. First of all, let's just get this out of the way right now. Matt Rule is a damn good coach. And by the way, that's who the Cowboys should have hired. Not even this past year. They should have hired him last year. And this is someone that should have been in demand a long time ago. Matt Rule is really good. And they are really well coached. Carolina, they're killer against the spread, man. I think they've only lost – I think they've lost by one possession in each of the last four weeks. And – like, yes, Christian McCaffrey's unbelievable, but they only had him the once, right? And of course, that was versus the Chiefs, and they almost had him. Um, with that said, you know, Carolina's D isn't very good. Um, I do think they're getting Jeremy Chin back, who's legit, legit for Carolina. Um, it's hard, you know, it's hard to bet against Brady in a bounce back. And my main thing is, is it's not even Brady. I like the Tampa defense to bounce back. I like Devin White, Levante David to bounce back. The Vita Vea thing is really hard for them because they're struggling against the run without him. But, you know, I, I hate I hate going against, you know, good home dogs like Carolina because I think Carolina is better than the record is. But I, I like Tampa in this game. I think RJ's 100% right. I don't see Tampa with that young front of Burns, uh, Gross Matos, and Derek Brown. I just don't see them getting to Brady yet. They're just not ready. I'm going with Tampa. This one's tough because, like you said, Carolina plays everybody close. Mm-hmm. But Antonio Brown has another week to sit, get into the playbook. He's Antonio Brown. Gowan has another week off a broken finger. It's still Mike Evans. It's still Ronald Jones and Fournette. There's no CMC. 
Mike Davis is good, but I don't think he's anywhere near as much of an equalizer as CMC. I think I'm rolling with Tampa as well. I mean, it, it's, it, feel, it feels like about time where Tampa just blows someone's doors it's off again, defense, right? Man. The defense should Yeah, and Tampa's defense is underrated. I think Carlton Davis is one of the up-and-coming corners in the league. Yes. I mean, they have Ant- Antoine Winfield's a rookie. He's Ooh. a baller. Is yes. Levante David hurt seriously, or was he just banged up for that game, though? Then they, he, I mean, they have him because he's the quarterback, White. right? He's the quarterback. They go how he goes. He was exactly. limited. He, he practiced in full today. Okay, then yeah, I got I got Tampa. I don't think well, I don't think Teddy's going to be able to put up enough points on that defense, and I don't think that they're going to slow Tom down that much. Like you said, with the low with the young front, I don't I don't see it. He's not ready yet. Oh, you know, you, you guys have already said it all. You guys have already said it all. That defense travels well when they play well, which as the number one defense in the league. They're going to travel well. It's less than a touchdown on the road. To RJ's point, two stinkers. You got to think that they're going to they're going to bring that back. Carolina's defense is objectively terrible. Like they don't do anything well. So I am taking Tampa. I'm also taking the under, which means Carolina's a lock. We've all have Tampa. Carolina's a lock. Ian, what's the next game? Carolina does play close. And I and by the way, before we move off Carolina, I love what they're doing with Curtis Samuel. It's the right thing. That guy was a running back in college. He's a running back in the pros. Enough of this shit with him pretending to be receiver. Let Robbie and DJ Moore cook. That's you're right. You're right. Put CMC on the bench. Let Curtis Samuel take the ball. <laughs> well, they don't have to worry about that, do they? Uh, so the next one we have is Philly versus the Giants. Giants, is they're plus three and a half. Over-under is 44 and a half. I hate that we even have to talk about this game. But I picked this. I picked this just for you, buddy. So gross. You know what, Sean? Why don't you start? Here's the thing: Philly kills the Giants. They're eight and zero straight up against the Giants in their last eight. But one thing Philly doesn't do is cover football games. They just Thank do you. not cover. They don't cover ever. Thank you. Yes, New York does not win. They don't. They're four and sixteen straight up in their last twenty. But they cover. They're 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six. It looks like Slay's going to play. I have the Giants here because of the half point. Do I hate – I hate betting on Danny Dimes. Fuck that You're guy. You're preaching to the choir right now. I hate that guy. I, I just But it's a stay away for gambling purposes, but I'm taking the Giants. TJ, why don't you build off that? At first, I'm like, you know, I'm like you. I'm not ever want to lay money on – lay any money on Daniel Jones at all. But I think the half point here really matters. Last time it was a one-point game. I don't know how. Maybe it's because Carson Wentz sucks and we don't want to admit it yet. But he doesn't. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll admit it. Carson oh, yeah, Wentz sucks. Yeah, he sucks. No one in the media talks about it, though. They just kind of move on. But he looks terrible this year. And that was at home when they beat the Giants by one. That was at Philadelphia. I like the Giants plus three and a half because I think if the Giants lose, it's going to be a classic Giants where they play them close and lose. So if it was three, it might be a push. But three and a half, I think the Giants can make you some money on that. As far as the over-under, I got to go over 44 and a half. That's pretty low. No, that, the, trend, the trends go over on this game. RJ, why don't you jump in here? Take your pick. I'm gonna take yeah. I have I have to take I have to take the Giants too. I'm not even. I hate to be the on the same train as everybody else. It's just the problem is, 
is is Philly really going to beat the Giants by more than three and a half points? I mean, that's essentially saying they're going to beat them by a touchdown because it's over the three point. But on the road, I don't know how cold it is. It's going to be in New York. I'm sure it's cold enough up there. Who knows? Carson Wentz, probably going to shit an egg. The Giants defense, they barely beat the Redskins, but I will say they caused quite a few turnovers of Alex Smith, even though he's god-awful. You know, I'm glad he's back. Good for him. But I, I just don't see a scenario where the Eagles are just like, hey, we're going to shut down the Giants. The Giants are a very weird team when it comes to watching them slash betting with them or against them. I, I try not to, but it's like the times you bet against them, Daniel Jones goes out there and he's just like, oh, I don't have a care in the world. I'm going to shred you up, but I'm going to cover the spread. Um, and then the times you like bet against them, it's like, oh, Giants win. I don't know how, but it, I, I hate it. He has – what people don't talk about is how bad Daniel Jones is, but he has great targets. So as long as he makes a couple good decisions, doesn't turn the ball over four times a game like he's capable of doing, I mean, he can keep it within four points. That's not unreasonable. At home. I love it. Ian. Well, the answer is Philly. The reason the answer is Philly is because they're finally getting healthy, right? I mean, Philly is not at the level of San Francisco in terms of their injuries. I think that's a given. But we're talking about – uh, Lane Johnson, Alshon Jeffrey, Miles Sanders is going to play Malik Jackson. Uh, I mean, that is, that is objectively, that's a boost. I mean, I'm not the biggest Alshon Jeffrey fan, but Lane Johnson is a baller and he is going to help your franchise. I, I do believe that Daniel Jones is knocking on the door, becoming the worst quarterback in the league. He is a turnover machine and someone like Brendan Graham, Michigan stand up, someone like Brendan Graham, feasts off guys who put the ball on the ground. And I think Brendan Graham's going to be all over him. I look for – I if I was betting on one of these small prop bets, I would place a small wager on Brendan Graham forcing a turnover um, via a sack or, you know, force fumble, things like that. I, I think Philly – I think Philly's going to win this one. I, I think Philly stinks. Um, but the Giants stink too. And I'd rather have Philly get healthy against this Giants team than just – you know, give the Giants a win. I got Philly here. In terms of the over-under, I guess it's the over, but it's gross. I, I love this. I think Philly sucks. I think the Giants suck. So I'm going to take the team that's laying points. I love that. Let's get to the next one because you mentioned the, the 49ers. They are playing on the road against the Saints. Who that? The Saints are getting nine points. Sorry, the Saints are laying nine points. The over-under is 49. Ian, I'm throwing right back to you. Who do you got this week? Are you guys ready to hear the Niners injuries? Ready? Jimmy G, Kittle, Bosa, Sherman, Mostert, Jaquiski Tart, D Ford, Kendrick Bourne, and potentially Devo Samuel. That's the entire fucking team. <laughs> it is. It's the entire team. And now, I hate taking favorites this year. I, it made me feel dirty taking Tampa and Philly. But I feel like I have to take the favorite again. You know, it sucks because dogs are doing so well this year. Um, but why isn't this line double digits? The Saints are coming off maybe the most impressive win by any team this season. Old Man Breeze is looking better. Kamara is potentially an MVP candidate. And that defense is coming along. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore, anyone? I mean, I don't want to hear a top cornerback in the league discussion. I mean, what he's done to top wideouts the past few weeks has been, it belongs in, the, in a museum. Like, he is he has been incredible. And I think last week, I think he held, was it Mike Evans to like two receptions 
or what, you know, I mean, he's just, he's cruising right now. So I think the saints are going to cruise in this one. I think it's a route, but I do think it's the under. Yeah. I got to take the saints minus nine. The saints are one of the, the few teams in the NFL who I think they're what on a five, six game win streak. Um, they're, they're trending up. Uh, matter of fact, I just talked to my grandpa about this yesterday. They are trending up. And the most impressive thing about the saints was they did all of this without arguably the best person on their team. As much as I don't, you know, I think Kamara is better than him. I mean, you can make the arguments that Michael Thomas is, you know, the best player on the team, even though I never thought he would be that person, but he is. They went to a trash school. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's hard. The problem, the reason why I really think it's easy, they'll probably win by 13 points, 13, 14. The reason I say that, where are the Niners getting points from? Robbie Gold. Yeah. I mean, honestly, though, and that's if they can get across 50 yards. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it, it's sad, but not really. I mean, it's, it's typical, you know, Super Bowl losers. I mean, my boy right here literally had to go through this last year where the Super Bowl losers are just cursed the next year. They get cursed by injuries. They get cursed by, I don't know, people figuring out the offense. I mean, Jared Goff being bad. I don't. I don't appreciate all the, the Jared Goff slander. Like I'm, I'm, I'm with it to a point, but now starting to hurt my feelings. So, all right, okay, TJ, keep, keep no. going, keep going. Who, who, who you got, TJ? I think, I think the Niners get smashed, dude. To be honest with you, because I mean, Nick Mullins is walking into the Superdome, is he not? It's at Saints, right? It is. It is at the Saints. How are they planning to, like RJ said, how are they planning to put up points at all? I mean, they, yeah. what, what, where are they going to go with it? Like, I, I like Jared McKinnon a lot. If you listen to our podcast, we love that. But I just don't understand how they're going to cover. You know, I don't understand how they're going to beat nine points. You don't have I mean, to understand. The Packers, the Packers blew their doors off. Oh, I forgot about that. this is a full-strength Saints offense at the Superdome. So I wanted to take the Niners. I really did. I, it's 2020. It, it's 2020. I have to. I have an apology. I have a couple of apologies to make, and my next one comes with the next game, which I'm going to lead off. Uh, I'm also taking the Saints. Uh, so again, the Niners are going to win outright here. But it's have have we disagreed on anything? Oh, he said he picked. Ian he, picked did. Ian he did. He did. Okay, Ian picked okay. the Eagles. I had the Niners, but what swayed me was what you mentioned about the about the Packers. Because the Niners were awful last week. I, I really came into this game thinking after a massive, you know, not just a, m- a moral victory, like an absolute ass whooping. They, you can be prepared for a letdown. The opposite of a we've looked like trash for two straight games with the Bucks is the Saints just won a game to take over the lead in the division from a tiebreaker perspective as long as they, they match up the wins. And I had the Niners. But I do have an apology. Um, on the last podcast, a couple of friends of ours that are on that do picks with us every week, Tomes and Murph, the question was brought up, if the Saints win against the Bucks, are they back into the upper echelon of the league? And I said no because of how inconsistent they are. But they trounced the Bucks. They killed them. It wasn't close. And what I and I and the Saints are now the number one DVOA team in the entire NFL. 
with a number six offense and a number seven defense, which doesn't add up, but it adds up when you beat the previous number one DVOA team. So I'm going to take the Saints minus nine. I think they actually win by exactly 10. I commend the 49ers for what they're doing, but I'm also taking the Saints. So let's jump to the, the final half of our game. It's also impressive what the Saints are doing, considering they have a quarterback who can't throw. That is well. Well, impressive. to be fair, can't throw further than 14 yards. But let's get to a, a couple of quarterbacks who 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 can. Uh, oh, we yeah, got the the LA Chargers at the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are favored by two and a half. The over under is 48 and a half. So I'm starting here. I killed Tua last week and not because I thought Tua was going to be bad and I said on the podcast I think he's going to be very good but my point about Tua was I felt that they should be playing Fitzpatrick I felt that was that the Dolphins are for real and if they're for real then play the best quarterback and then Tua comes out and just does this with all that said my pick has zero logic behind it the Chargers are a train wreck Miami's Miami is rolling Tua slapped me in the face last week. Miami's pass defense is going to make it very hard on Justin Herbert. The Chargers are the Falcons of the West, which means they will find a way to lose every single week that it happens. I just feel like it's been a a week, two, three, of everyone slurping the Dolphins. So, zero logic, like the Chargers. That's why I like it. I'm taking the Chargers, plus a two and a half, and I'm taking the over. RJ, let's run back to you. Who do you got in this game? After all of that, I literally thought you were about to say you were taking the Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> here, here's the thing. When I'm, when I'm thinking about this game, two and a half, I mean, it's essentially pick, it's a pick them damn near. Is Justin Herbert going to take out the Dolphins' defense? I can't say yes. And, and that's in Miami, if, I, if I'm correct. I think it is. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think the Dolphins win this. I, I, you know, ever since Xavier Howard and Byron Jones have been on the field Oof. together, it's been scary. I mean, I literally, was, I, I was telling him yes, like last week, the week before, with them owning the Texans' picks and having multiple picks per round, the first two rounds, and it looks like Tua can throw the ball because that first game when they beat the smack out of the Rams, I was like. Is this how y'all are gonna play Tua? I mean, this is Sorry, really what y'all, you know y'all y'all draft y'all drafted Tua for this, and then last, well, last game, game <laughs> they were like, "Let me let let's let's let Tua roll." So I think that I think the Dolphins win just because they are one of the other teams that is sneaky underrated, just strictly off the defense. And Tua doesn't. Well, it's it's hard for me to say this after that almost pick he threw last week, but. He doesn't. Oh, stri- he, he doesn't strike me as somebody who's just trying to go out there and turn the ball over, minus that throw. Um, so I, you know, I think it's difficult for one the Chargers defense to stop the Dolphins because the Chargers defense randomly, they're one of the defenses that's like trending down. Um, they started off with Chris Harris and Casey Hayward. Shout out Casey. Um, they traded Desmond King and Chris Harris is out for a long time, if not the whole season. I'm sure. So mm-hmm. it's just Casey out there like it's been for the last couple seasons. No Derwin James. I, I, ju- I just think the Dolphins can easily win by a field goal. I mean, so I'm taking Dolphins. TJ, follow up. I know it sounds weird to say and visualize, but the Dolphins might just be a good football team. Their roster up and down, like they might just be good. I mean – Look at it. I mean, at quarterback, they have two of one of the greatest college football quarterbacks all time. Yes, First, sir. the Rams, he didn't do anything because he didn't need to. We turned the ball over 25 times, so it didn't matter. Hi, Jared. But look Hi, at Jared. last week. He, 
looked Kyler Murray in the eyes and outdueled him. That was crazy. He did. Like, that's what happened. Just looked like Kyler Murray, but Hawaiian and left-handed, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he looked really good. <laughs> he Kyler, Kyler. Since they have both quarterbacks, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, that's up there Insane. for best cornerback tandems. They have some underrated pass rushers. Jerome Baker, linebacker, is a good player. I, uh, they I went might to a trash school just too. Be a solid football team. I think. Well, so I think they can get two and a half, and 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 then you add in the Charger factor. Yeah, the Charger factor. <laughs> you add the Charger factor. <laughs> so the Chargers owner is Telesco. Do I have that right? I think. I think that's his name. But at what point is he going down to to Mr. Lynn and going? Hello. Uh, yeah. You got to pack up your shit. Because I, I love – see, the only reason that doesn't happen is because what – first of all, Lynn seems like an amazing dude. But the – you can look at the Herbert growth. And as someone who lived in Oregon and watched Herbert religiously at Oregon, because that's what you do when you live in Oregon, he's a completely different player now than what he was in college. And at some point, you'd have to think that, like, the coach should get at least a little bit of credit for that. Because if you would have asked me eight months ago, is it Tua or Herbert? Who are you taking for the next decade? I'm like, oh, it's Tua, no problem. Now, I, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's a landslide, but what Herbert's doing is real, right? He is taking shots that he is taking shots down the field and being so accurate with it, like that is advanced shit, right? And now he's throwing to Keenan Allen. You talk about guys that are always open. That dude is always open, and. You know, I, I I love this whole dynamic. I love the Tua Herbert thing. But what Lynn has done with Herbert, I think, deserves credit. Now, will he survive? I don't know. I think the only problem with the Dolphins is that Van Noy and Christian Wilkins both, I don't think, will play. So those are two fairly big, fairly big deals. And you guys mentioned Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Watching those two guys battle Mike Williams and Keenan Allen is going to be like epic epic theater for the game so normally i would say i'm gonna lean the better player i think herbert's better than tua but between the chargers flying cross country to miami between miami playing well and the chargers sort of trending in the other direction between that defense sort of taking a step i think brian flores is one of the best young coaches we have in the league it's got to be miami here right but i do think we see a bit of a shootout i got the over all right, Ian, keep, keep your mic on. Second to the last game. The Baltimore Ravens are at the New England Patriots for a Sunday night matchup. The Patriots are getting seven and a half points. The over-under is 43 and a half. Ian, who are you taking on the Sunday night matinee? So this is a lock, right? This is my lock of the week. Absolute lock. At what point, now Baltimore does have some concerns. Matt Judon, Calais Campbell, I don't think either of those guys are going to play. And, of course, Ronnie Stanley, who's out for the year. Yeah. That, those are huge, huge losses. Calais Campbell's having, like, just been an animal all season. But at what point are we just, like, with this Belichick aura? Are we just being like, okay, we need to stop giving him five extra points a week as an underdog just because he's Bill Belichick? This fucking guy nearly lost to the Jets. And if it wasn't for Cam Newton pulling <laughs> some shit out of his ass, then – this none of this would have happened. None of this would have happened. So, I, I I personally don't believe seven's enough. We talked about how Lamar crushes bad teams, and this New England team is a bad team. And what does Lamar like to do? Lamar likes to throw that thing to Mark Andrews. And we mentioned this in the Andrews part. 
the New England linebackers may be the slowest batch of linebackers in the league. It's like Juwan Bentley, uh, Chase Winovich is in there. Like, I don't even know a Landon Robertson, Miami, but it's a gross group. None of those guys are checking. None of those guys are checking Andrews. I love a big game there. I think this is an absolute, absolute lock. Let's wipe. Let's wipe away the Belichick aura. Let's wipe it away. Ravens cruising this one. And I think it's an over. Let's lock it. Hey, RJ. Follow up here after the Colts just blocked a punt or had a punt blocked and returned for a touchdown. So they took the lead over, over the Titans. That's what just happened. So, RJ, who do you got in the uh, Ravens and the Patriots game? Objectively speaking, can we say the Pats are better than the Colts? No. no, Probably not, and that's strictly off the defenses alone. The Ravens didn't play good, and they won by two touchdowns, strictly because the Ravens have a good defense. Cam Newton, there's still a huge question if this man's shoulder is even okay whatsoever. It looks off, man. It looks off. His throws are off. Nothing is ever airmailed. It's always straight into the dirt. They barely beat a Jets-led team by Joe Flacco, who is not a starting quarterback in this league. And he had to come back and get this win. For the fact, like like Ian said, seven and a half points is literally based off because it's the Pats. At some point, I, I I agree. This probably is the lock of the week. I mean, the Ravens don't – when you think about the Ravens, the Ravens' problem is they can't throw the ball, but that doesn't matter for this game. The Ravens not being able to throw the ball is when it comes down to, like, playoff football and how far they go. The mm-hmm. Ravens can run for 300 yards on the Pats, and that's probably what they're going to run for 200-plus this Sunday. Easily bleed the clock out. Cam Newton's going to – get bum rushed by every, you know, the good Pats defense, even though their D line isn't playing, it doesn't really matter because well, Gakwe's still going to play. I mean, they yeah. still have enough guys. Exactly. Who, who is Cam even throwing to right now? Kobe Myers. <laughs> Myers. Yeah. Cool. That Kobe fucking Myers. guy had like 40 targets. Yeah. I don't, I don't see how the Ravens don't cover this. If, I'm going to say this. I'm taking the Ravens. If the Ravens don't cover this, then guess what? I'm going to be right back. On our podcast on Monday, talking about the Ravens are in fucking trouble, like we've been saying for the last two weeks, and that they, especially with the 17 playoff setup, possibly 18 with no buys, Ravens could mess around and lose first round based off who their matchup is. Because they, at this rate, they're not a lot to win the division. Well, they're not winning the division. Steelers are. So they're going to be a wild card team, thus meaning they're going to be a much lower seed. Imagine if, I don't know, the Steelers win the AFC. Exactly. Kansas City ends up being the second seed. Well, guess who's going to have to play the second seed? The seventh seed. And guess who that could technically be just based off wild card slots or anything? The Ravens. You think the Ravens are going to do that? No, absolutely not. Or even reverse, what if the Steelers and Ravens play each other? Loss. So I'm I'm taking Ravens. If they lose this spread... Then that's telling me a lot more. About yeah, then I'm, out. Than it is then I'm okay. out. And that gets to my point. TJ, before I get to your pick, I have a question for you. Yeah. Is this is this a big game? Sunday night against the Patriots. It really shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be. And the fact that we're we're like, if the Ravens don't cover this, it's bad, is a huge problem. Right. Exactly. The fact we're even thinking like that they can because this should be a lot. 
The Pats look horrible. Cam Newton looks shot. I love Cam Newton. I'm a huge fan. He looks shot. They have Damian Harris looks good. Damian mm-hmm. Bird and Jacoby Myers. And it, and like what? Devin Asiasi? Like, like <laughs> who are we talking about on the offense? If the Ravens don't cover the spread, not even if they if they barely win. I'm not even talking about if they lose. They're not, I hope they don't lose. If they don't cover this and make a point on, on Sunday night football. That's a huge problem to me moving forward. Like Ian said, I'm out on the Ravens. We're talking about a team that's supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. We're talking well, about a team that's supposed to be neck and neck with the Chiefs. Which and the and Chiefs you, you mentioned a good thing about Cam. Like, Cam is one of my all-time – Cam, to me, is the greatest college football player ever, period, full stop. It pains me to see him this way. That's why, that what I was trying to get to. It pains me to see him this way because – It doesn't look so, right. No, it doesn't look right. It's like it a, doesn't it's, look right. No, TJ. So you're taking the Ravens. I got it. I just got to take the Ravens and just see how I go. I got to take the Ravens. Okay. So the reason the reason I asked is if this is a big game, it's because Lamar Jackson doesn't win big games. It, it should be a big game. Sunday Night Football playing Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, but it's not. These are two mirror. Mirror images of each other on offense. They cannot throw the football, and they run the football very effectively. You know where it's not a mirror image? On defense. The Patriots are awful on defense. 30th in pass, 31st in rush. To RJ and TJ's point, the Ravens play defense. This is not close. The fact that this isn't 11 is crazy. I know that it's New England. Great. Rub it all over you. I agree. I agree. This This should be a big game. But it's not. If it was a big game, this is a lock for the Patriots because Lamar hasn't shown it yet. He's played two good teams this year, lost both times. He isn't playing one on Sunday night. So let's get to Monday. On Monday, before we move on, Lamar Jackson doesn't win big games. No, he doesn't. No. I didn't even think about that. He really kind of doesn't. And I no. love Lamar Jackson. I, I love him too. He just He just doesn't. He hasn't beaten anyone kind of doesn't at all who's on his level or better than him he has not beaten that team i he has not i i I don't harm him for the tennessee game or sorry the the chargers game that he lost in his first playoff series i don't i don't give him shit for that he had a great line against tennessee last year you still lost you still lost so you got kansas city you got the sealers you lost both those games so that's why i asked is this a big game because he doesn't win them, but it's not. It's a big moment. It's not a big Black, game. Black Kirk Cousins? <laughs> no, he's better than that. <laughs> Come on, man. He's better than that. Uh, speaking of Kirk Cousins, okay. let's get to let's get to the Vikings at the Bears. Bears are getting three points at home. Over under is forty four. Guys, I'm going first. This is simple for me. I'm never picking the Bears ever. Not even against the Jets. I don't care. Dalvin Cook's a monster. I don't care. I'm taking the Vikings minus three. Go ahead, TJ. Jump in. Kirk Cousins, prime time. I got Bears plus three. Ooh, Kirk Cousins okay. doesn't win night games. Okay. Good luck. Okay. Good luck with that offense. Ian, who you got? I got Bears. I got to ask, are we absolutely certain? Are we absolutely certain that the Vikings are on a playoff team? Are not a playoff team or are yeah, a like playoff are we, team? Are we sure that they are on a playoff team? Well, if they extend it to 16 teams like they're talking about, then yeah, well, they're probably a playoff they're team. They're three and five. They're three and five. You want to hear the rest of their schedule? Bears, Cowboys, Panthers, Jaguars. 
they can conceivably win all four of those. Then they go at Bucks. That's probably going to go poorly. At home versus the Bears. Then at Saints, that's not going to go well. Then versus Lions. Can they be nine and seven? They are yeah. conceit. We are conceit. We are talking about potentially a playoff team. Now, I don't, they traded in Gawkway. I don't know if they can do it without Danelli Hunter. I've been harping on that all year. I really want to ride with the Vikings here, but, but TJ got in my head. He got in my head. He's a thousand percent right on Kirk Cousins. And, but here is the reason. And the other problem the Vikings are two and 10 in their last 12 in Chicago. That, that's not great. That can't be just because the Bears have been better because it's just not true. Here's where I go the other way. You ready for the Bears offense ranks? You guys ready? 31st in yards per play, 32nd in rushing yards per game, your boy David Montgomery, 29th in rushing yards per play, 27th in first downs per game, 31st on third down, 30th in the red zone, and 28th in points per game. Can, can Chicago even forget for, forget the spread? Forget anything. Can Chicago score enough, regardless what you think of Kirk Cousins, to even if it's just Dalvin Cook, can he score? Can they score enough to keep up with Dalvin Cook? I think Kirk Cousins has been good lately. He's not turning the ball over, zero turnovers the past two weeks, and he's giving Dalvin Cook the ball, which I would say is a good part to your offense. Uh, I want to take the Bears because you scared me with Kirk Cousins. I got Minnesota. Hey, RJ, get us out of here on this. This Who's winning? I can't put any of my money on Kirk Cousins ever. Right? Yeah, but Nick (laughs) Nick Foles and David Montgomery, take my money. (laughs) But what I'm going to tell you is it's it's not even about David Montgomery or Nick Foles. I'm literally just – it's the Bears defense. Yeah, It's going to be an ugly game. Um, here's the thing about Kirk Cousins. So Kirk Cousins hasn't turned the ball over because Dave Montgomery has run for four or not just run. He has 470 something all purpose yards over the last two games and five. Hey, Sean, touchdowns, you did it. If I'm correct. When you have a running back doing that, the court, he's one of our best friends is a Vikings fan. He screams on a weekly basis that Kirk Cousins is the highest paid person in the league to just hand the ball off. The Bears defense is going to slow down Kirk and slow down Dalvin Cook to some degree. Yeah. Kirk yeah. Cousins is going to have to throw the ball. Kirk Cousins is going to turn the ball over. Kirk Cousins is not, you know, it's easy to look at the last two games because I even I even think the Vikings are trended in the right direction. They are. And I do think that the Vikings make the playoffs as the seven or the eight seed in the NFC. I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it wholeheartedly and confidently. But you look at look at the Vikings right before the bye week. Remember when they lost to the Falcons 40 to 23? Remember when they lost the rest of their games? Remember when they beat the Packers on a flute game? Because that was just an in-division rivalry where, you know, there's always the possibility yeah, of good point. it going the other way. Last week they beat the Lions. Who cares? You know, the Lions don't care about well, they beat the Packers. Them. Yeah, you know, the Packers was a good – it was a great win for them. Yeah. But it was also like – Yeah, you said it was a fluke. It, Aaron, Jones that wasn't playing that, Aaron Jones wasn't playing that game. Aaron Rodgers was whatever. I mean, he still doesn't have his full arsenal. But it's like, you know, it's an in-division game. That's just like – that's no different than literally the Jags playing the Titans whenever they play them, and it'll probably be a quasi-close game just because they know the division. The, the one thing I will say about the Bears – is 
I believe that the matchup, I think Foles is garbage. But yeah. I believe the matchup is there for Foles to have a half decent game. I mean, I, I don't Minnesota's pass defense is we are not talking about the Xavier Rhodes years. You know, this is a <laughs> this is a different this is a different team. It's like Jeff Gladney and a bunch of other hurt dudes. You know, this could be a game for Robinson Miller, um, Mooney. You know, this could be a game where, you know, Cole Cabet, Jimmy Graham sighting. I mean, I could, there is a roadmap. There is a roadmap, but are you relying on Nick Foles with the bright lights to be competent? Well, we haven't seen Nick Foles be competent in a long time. I mean, that is a bit of a tough sell, but I get it. I mean, this Bears defense, I mean, are, are they the best defense in the league? No. No. So, and that's why the pick is no. the Vikings. But they're not, they're not, they're not the best defense in the league. But how many years has Kirk Cousins been in the league? Eight. It, it, it's nine on the money. Nine. Damn. In those nine years in the league, he has zero prime time wins. Yeah, at some point that just stops not being a thing. Well, you say that, but look at the Vikings game when they were up and Russell Wilson went downfield and won it again. At some point, it becomes that Chargers. Aura yes, for like sure. Well, thank God that Russell Wilson isn't playing for the Bears because <laughs> he's not. It's Nick Foles. And that is how we're going to end the podcast. Boys, you guys were great with your time. We really appreciate it. You know, we talked about doing an hour. We're pushing to. Make sure you guys follow the Blue Bag Fantasy Football Podcast. That's B-L-E-U. Check them out on Instagram. Check them out on Twitter. RJ, TJ, thank you, boys, so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Had a great time. Had a great time, man. Yeah, thanks for inviting us, man. I really appreciate it. We had a, we had a good amount of fun, man.